Welcome back, amazing and beautiful and powerful people, to this uh, 43 episode yet of the Dare Real Agile podcast with your host, Coach AF. Uh, yes, I know my, my American clan, they love it. They baptize me for this, and AF could mean a lot of things. And today, I'm, I, I am joined by an amazing person that I met online because we are uh, liking each other, meaningful posting sometimes. And uh, so I'm glad to welcome you, uh, Isabelle. Girard, uh, because we're going to talk you. about, uh, yeah, what is Agile Leadership and so much more. Uh, we have to talk this uh, this Friday, October 28th. So uh, tell me, who are you and uh, what do you uh, propose in this beautiful world? Yeah. Oh, well, first of all, just to tell you that I'm speaking just for myself, not the company I work with. So it's just my perspective as a Agile coach, uh, but I also have a blog on the side and I share my thoughts around uh, agility and agile leadership. This is my own thinking around everything uh, that I read about. Uh, so my name is Isabelle. I live in France. Um, I'm a mother of two kids and uh, I work as an agile lead in a company. Uh, and I'm very passionate about helping people uh, try to make their work life better. The work life better and maybe wiser too? Wiser if we can, yes. We can. <laughs> it's oh, not within my control. <laughs> okay. So I'm really happy that uh, you accept uh, our invitation to uh, to spread uh, some uh, words about this because if you're passionate, we are also here at the Agile Lounge and, and myself uh, very passionate about uh, everything for uh, trend. We say transforming still because, but we are, you know, we are even uncovering new ways, and uh, we we finally kind of see that evolution of what we do and who we are combined together. It's it's more meaningful now as a professional development for an individual, but also we could apply it to organizations. So today, uh, so as we ask ourselves, what's next? Because it's about mm -hmm what after, what is the meta agile leadership? Because meta in Greek is not a metaverse. It's uh, mm. it's the after of something, the better mess of something. So so what is it for you, uh, Isabel? Uh, first, agile leadership, and what do you see is next? What do we need in next? Yeah, that, that's not so easy to answer that question because when mm. I do some research about what agile coaching is, you see many, many, many different personality traits. I think... Most of it is about soft skills. When we call soft skills, it's about active listening. Um, we see a lot of things about creating psychological safety for the people who don't know about what uh, psychological safety is. It's about creating a safe space, non-judgmental space for people um, so that the teams can really um, put their ideas uh, and be very creative, not feeling judged and not feeling blamed or feeling hurt if they fail. So it's really creating an environment where we can see new ideas emerge. And this is what we are trying to seek with agility, is that we are in front of complex problems and we are trying to find out new solutions, so emergent solutions. And you answer to these problems with emergent solutions, with creativity, with new, new ideas that were thought before. So you need people to bring people into this safe environment. So they are really, um, they can really open their mind and come up with a lot uh, of, of solutions and new ideas that then you can test uh, because we are also very pragmatic. Uh, we are trying to seek common sense. We are trying to experiment. So the agile leader also, fosters that for the team, try to put them into a context um, where the team can experiment and they dare to fail and they dare to learn from their failures. That would be really uh, what agile leadership is for me. It's for you right now. And there's exactly. two things that uh, kind of trigger me as you talk about mm -hmm. a way of inclusivity and it's like safe space. Mm -hmm towards what Harrison Owen like kind of created of the open space inspired with the scrum way, the system, this organizational system that mm -hmm. 
ask leadership to invite all the stakeholders into an open space. And they kind of study the fact that if you make it too much safe, you talk about psychological safety. So, because I'd like to do the devil advocates a little bit, because in my experience, empirically, I've seen um, when we are putting rule, the rule of the game into a safe space, it was less creative in terms of emergent solution or uncovering new ways than if it was a true open space where the rule are very simple is who's coming is the right person. Mm-hmm. It's on invitation, by the way. So yeah. you, you have to be ready to be triggered and to exchange okay. your ideas. Yeah. Um, and when it starts is the right time. Mm-hmm. And what is the outcome? It the thing to test, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there is no other rules of um, respect or courage, or it's just like let's mm-hmm. bring them together in that open space and let's confront each other. So if you're not ready to be triggered or to be maybe offended, that's the problem. Because in psychology, it's the ego, the mm-hmm. intuition, the ego, and and so how do we balance that kind of mm-hmm the pragmatic reasoning of let's solve that problem or that complexity. Mm-hmm. Let's do it with the art, with that inclusivity. I agree with that psychological safety. Mm-hmm. And but could we let go of the ego? Because maybe what I'm going to say to you, trigger you as Isabel, but it's nothing to do with the idea of, let's say, sizing and estimation mm-hmm. or having a more meaningful matrix for wh- whatever the subject could be and the open space. So it should be, so what do you think? What's your thought on it? And could you explain me? Maybe I'm wrong. And I'm glad if you tell me about the psychological safety, mm-hmm. creating safe space to include everyone. Mm-hmm. But I prefer the way of Mizik and Owen when they say, no, 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 you invite people. They don't show up. Mm-hmm. Don't force them. And just do the conversation with those who want. If they want, it's because mm-hmm. they are passionate about it. And they should be able to take any yeah. adversity. So how do we... Well, so when we talk about psychological safety, something that is important for me to stress is that I am not necessarily saying that everyone needs to agree with everyone. So it's more about creating the space where everyone is listening and try to understand each other rather than judging each other. So I think this maybe clarifies a bit more uh, where you were heading to. So I don't really like to say psychological safety anymore. It's more like create a space, uh, an inclusive space. So it's really about inclusion and how do we invite people to speak up. But I like your point to to say that the people who are in the room are the right people. Uh, That's very interesting. And if we come to the ego part, I think this is where I see beyond the agile leadership traits that I'm talking about. So, of course, um, agile leadership for me is someone who is uh, able to remove his ego to lead from this place and to serve. So there is also this aspect that I didn't talk about earlier. It's about serving others and serving the team. And if you want to serve others, you need to have this self, have done this self-development, this mm-hmm. uh, self-awareness work before. And I think because if you empathy. didn't, yeah, we need empathy as leader. Exactly. So empathy is required when you want to listen to people, when you want to include people. So when we when we talk about inclusivity, it's any anything. Um, I'm also thinking about introverts, extroverts. I'm talking about neuroatypical people. <laughs> I know quite something about that. Um, it's any age, uh, and this is funny because I had questions about colleagues about that. What about people who are uh, older? And there are younger people in the team. How do we cope with that? And you just listen to what they have to say. Because older people might come up with a lot of experience, but maybe young people as well, because they just have a different perspective. And all of this thing all together creates these new new ideas and the emerging uh, solutions that we are looking to. Because, uh, yes, I agree. But I tend to see the world of work 
when we try to solve any complexity or any problem and to make it better for the better experience most of the time if we talk about business leadership and mm -hmm. business you don't have a business if you don't have client or user of your product so it's all about them first and then after mm -hmm. it's about the worker those who do realize mm -hmm. this make it happen yeah. and for me and then at some point like I used to do a lot of assessment before going into a facilitation, more than just the coaching mm. or training, like really facilitation. Yeah. Uh, but more, more often, I realized that, let's say they will say, like, we need to gather 50 people with their different skills and talent to mm. discuss in that one day kind of open space. So, of course, I don't have time. And probably it's the same for you as consultant and, and, and leader, uh, agile, qualificative or not. For me, it's not necessarily the interest here for now, for my example. But in my in my experience, what I've seen is the leader who, who want to hire us, we could do an assessment with them asking like, okay, so you need uh, your architect for this, this, and all about these people. So, of course, all that you mentioned, I was tendency of doing a grid for me just to put myself in the mindset of, of that servant leader, of that facilitator, mm -hmm. to make sure that I will adapt my way of bringing them together according to, is it, is it multi-generation? Is it like, uh, uh, but I, again, I do it just to prepare myself. But when I'm on stage with them, mm. I don't want to make them feel they are gender different or they are different because I will aim to the goal of, because inclusivity for me should be about the idea about what is the complex thing that we'd like to, mm. to solve together. Yeah. And, And mm. and then that's why I'm I'm always like oh, okay so should I concentrate of having what they have to say about it what they have to propose about it and less about oh ease ease of course if someone starts saying like oh I've been working in this department for 32 years and blah 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 mm. and, really old. and yeah. so now we have to as as facilitator we have just to make sure that that it's the ego thing right because you will say like, oh well, no it's not about mm. that. So yes. we have to bring them to the idea. What is the solution we, we aim yeah. to find? Yeah. And, and not about, so yeah, so it's kind of complex sometimes, especially in a yes. face-to-face environment when you, we have to prepare as coaches, but, but mm -hmm. then again, uh, it will go with the leadership, with the leader mm -hmm. of this team. Or yeah. what, what do you say to that? It's like, uh, well, the, the first thing that comes to mind is when, uh, whenever I prepare a facilitation uh, workshop, for example, what I'm doing is that I'm, I'm more focusing on what success looks like. What do we want to get from this? Mm -hmm. And based on that, um, asking maybe a few questions about the team, but I prefer to go with the flow and to experiment as I'm doing. So there is the preparation on the outcome. What do, do we want to achieve? And I work from the purpose, in fact. Mm -hmm. So why are we here for today? What are we trying to achieve? And then I'm trying, so of course, I try to identify which tool are the most relevant, like liberating structure, anything that I can find, because I'm very curious, I'm very passionate about finding new tools all the time. Um, so I'm trying to find things that are most relevant, but I also allow myself as a facilitator to change as I go and to maybe change the session. At some mm -hmm. point in time, I had planned this tool. Maybe this is, in fact, given of the outcome so far, there is something else that will be more relevant for the team. So it's also as a, a coach or, or leader for this kind of teams, but as a facilitator in this case, to step back and say, okay, maybe what I had thought would be good for this session is not so relevant anymore and take this as an experiment and the learning and switch to something else during the session but again this this requires some uh, some self awareness and the ability yeah. uh, as a facilitator to yeah, because... recognize that maybe what you had planned was not so so perfect and that you need to switch to something else Yeah, and and also like trust your instinct. And I, I know that you like intuition as well. <laughs> First, I like it because uh, you're applying two of the values right now yeah. of, of what help us create this pattern. It's responding to change over following a plan. So let's say that those who hire us, we have to solve these uh, problem with the ATM at the bank, mm -hmm. uh, whatever. And so let's gather those people to make a better user experience at the ATM with 
bought this CRM stuff. And so that are the outcome they wish because they, the, the customer feedback. So, and, and so you might have a plan with your experience and stuff and how mm. we're going to do this, but you don't know those people yet. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe you don't know, but in my case, as an external consultant, more of the time, I know a couple of key player or the C-level people who ask me to help them. But, um, and it depends because, and sometimes it's a sense of urgency. Let's solve that impediment and let's please come and help our scrum master, our coaches to do this with uh, create this open space um, and stuff. But so the first hour is there is where there may be, if I did propose a kind of an agenda to go through the day, I will do an agreement with my class. I will say that that's the proposition according to what I understand from your leadership and your customer feedback. But what about you guys? Could you take some post-it and tell me mm. at the end of today, what will be the thing you need answer on? So I'm already changing the game. Mm. The first 20 minutes of my workshop. It's one of my techniques yeah. I have to do. An agreement-based thing where yes. they will tell me what is the outcome and I will help them. Okay, I remember this morning, Isabel, you tell us this. Are we mm. talking about it now? It's the floor is yours, so you know. And uh, and uh, what is the next? Because if it's what next, uh, <laughs> is that it? Yeah. So so for you, it's been like it's not sufficient enough. But how do you describe that? Like, we need as maybe an agile community uh, what we teach right now and agile mm. leadership certification. Mm. I, I got one, and I don't know for you, but is it something that mm. we need to improve? by serving our, our people. And so. so I don't know if we need it right now, but I'm also very keen to explore new things and to look at the future. What could the future look like? So it's like some kind of perspective and maybe strategically strategic thinking of what could be next. Um, so agility, it's like 20 years old now, and we see there are, yeah, ish. <laughs> there are a lot of battles. Um, with the frameworks and things like that. So my idea is more, the thinking I have right now is more how to put more simplicity around agility. Ah. Um, how can we simplify it and how can we embody it and how can we lead it? And I went into, um, so when I was uh, doing my agile cert coach certification, the instructor told us about uh, two books, the first one from Frédéric Laloux called Reinventing Organizations, uh, where he has studied and described different types of organization uh, and the flavors of it. And there is something, so agile teams are usually uh, described by Frédéric Laloux as the green company and beyond green, there is a teal. And we had the example of Patagonia. Patagonia, uh, if I remember correctly, I think is described as a, as a teal um, organization. If not, there is another one uh, that is Dutch. And I, I forgot the name um, because it's not very pronounceable for a French lady. Uh, <laughs> but it's, a, <laughs> it's a, um, an organization that works as a cycle. So there is someone at, as the lead, like a, a CEO, and uh, they have cycles of nurses and these nurses are self-organized. And this cycle of nurses take care of their own uh, clients and they self-organize themselves. They take more time to visit the people than any other organization. And they have coaches to help each cycle. Uh -huh. So this only organization, what they have is one CEO, coaches and the nurses. And I find this is very interesting. And this is a profit organization. So I, I find this kind of models very fascinating. It's the one in the Netherlands you're talking about? Like? Yeah, the Netherlands. Yeah. So it's healthcare organization, but profitable. Yeah, yeah yes. okay. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's very interesting to, to see these kind of things. And then uh, we also looked at the spiral, what is called the spiral dynamics. And Frédéric Laloux uh, looked at that initially. So he got inspired from this spiral dynamics work. And the spiral dynamics is a study of the population and the, the awareness or the maturity of people across the ages 
and see how humanness evolves. Yeah. And it goes as a spiral, in fact, and we, we see this green uh, again. And green is more like, uh, so all the companies, most of the companies uh, and the, um, uh, the states right now are where in a state where they call it orange, and orange is more like hierarchies, Drive, structures, command and control, these kind of things. Yeah. And agile, agile leadership is more in the green again, and green is more like collaborative, things like that. And in and the spiral green. dynamics, there is something beyond as well. But the, the, the spiral dynamic things, uh, I heard a little bit about it before uh, because of uh, the work of uh, Claire uh, Graves. Um, and because, you know, I, I study in physics and astrophysics and, and, of course, the spiral thing. By the way, my colleague in quantum and us in cosmology, we see the same thing. Mm. Micro and macro, it's always a spiral. And even some kind of our colleagues uh, in the University of Arizona with back in the day, they were well, they, they still collaborate. That's let, let's be frank, they still collaborate with uh, a Russian university in St. Petersburg. And they came to the conclusion that even our solar system is not like circulating, it's circular, yes, but it's more spiraling. Mm. And, and far away you are in a spiral, far away you are to this dynamic of human bound, you know, because probably uh, when I saw the um, uh, you know, so it's also the evolution of the mindset from spiritism all the way to a more evolutionary. So it's it's they propose evolution over transformation. Mm. In a sense. Yeah. You agree? And this dynamic of because I think I like the idea of evolution rather than transformation. But because, it's it's vocabulary, in fact. What what, what do we put behind the words transformation yeah. and evolution? But because when I um, when I heard that you want to bring that subject to the table of the day, so of course I went back to uh, my book that I read before of uh, Ken Wilber and stuff, and mm-hmm. really, and yeah. the book that's what they say. They they talk about it's an evolutionary, individual, professional development, mm-hmm. organizational, yeah. and they aim to create a system, not a framework. And I'd like to remind my jogger out there. Again, that Scrum, my passion about Scrum that I'm doing for 23 years this November, it's a system that helps you to enable frameworks. Mm. So because of the substantion that we have in the, the spiral dynamic, you know, substantion, it's all the interrelation of, the, of course, it's from the atom with the other element, but we could apply it to people interaction. So anyway, I, I liked it because, and so if reinventing organization from Lalu is inspired mm-hmm. by the work of, of, of these uh, kind of yes, science things. Ken Wilberg and, and Claire Graves. Yeah. yeah. Among other things. So, and especially uh, we were talking about the ego. And if I'm correct, uh, the ego could, uh, the term they call uh, Wilder was power gods. Could you imagine that? Yeah. Mm. And I'll do I'm, I'm not at that level yet. <laughs> so what? I think it's, I'm not at that level yet. So I think it's very difficult to, when you try to understand what the, when you are a certain level, try to understand what are the levels beyond. But what they all say is that we, during our lives, we go through all the first levels until we reach one. And sometimes we can even go backwards depending on the environments that we are in. So for example, I could be green, maybe a bit yellow. And because the environment I am in is more um, orange, that maybe I can go back to orange. So my thought process is more like, how can I bring people to green and then to yellow? So this is why I wanted to discuss about the what's next, because yeah. I think there is also something after. And some some things are not even uncovered yes yet um, and i think because we are very keen to learn all the time it's it's also important yeah. to project a bit further but so that, i think that's the core thing if we talk about a spiral a spiral is something that move in all direction by the way it's not linear it's mm. all direction and this and there's different kind of of pace and space in between the, that spiral 
So this is the amazing thing. And this is a constant in our universe that people forget about it, like in your skin and your cheek. You have spirals everywhere. If you look at a plant and the flower, there are spirals everywhere. So it's always like this kind of powerful type of, I don't want to go too much uh, agile esoteric today, but for me, like when you, I'm connecting to that and everything could be connected at some point. And uh, so that's why like, when they categorize things is to help us because human being, we love having a good story with the yeah. introduction and so it's developed and then we we have we like to tell story and we love to read stories that's why movies yeah. are so like everything that you know a play at theater and stuff so i think and even time sometimes i had a lunch yesterday with uh with the sea level people and they were saying like no nah, we need to tell them that story mm. to yeah. to propose this evolution we want to do so it's always about like and what is your audience do we pay attention to the audience? I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier. So, so that's and 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 simplicity. So let me ask you: When you say like agile after twenty some years, um, now it's entering in this. It should be entering in the phase of the business agility with my equation of conscious leadership. But it's only few of us who who seems mm-hmm. to work in that kind of direction. And uh, there's right now what I call the split in my Agile War series, where the engineer Mm. wants to go back into the more meaningful, pragmatic, uh, agile of software development. Because let's we forget that in 2001, it wasn't the Agile revolution. It was the Agile consortium asking the lean people to put Mm. customer integration in the equation. Mm. And they came up with those four values and 12 principles to say to marketing and sales, stop it. Let's work together. That, that's yeah. the only thing. Mm. Of course, like the, the better of these guys, Chris, like, no, 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 it should not be just for software and IT. So, but mm. still today, I will say, like, even if it's 21 years old, mm. this manifesto for software development, the next thing, the evolution of things, the uncovering new ways, it's not static. And so no. that's why my mentor and some four others co signatory are out of of this movement. Mm. They don't believe in Agile, the A word. They prefer to create something more meaningful, like open leadership network and leadership association, inviting agility. So that's the, you know, because they say like, uh, no, people, they they just want to do the safe thing. And it's called safe. (laughs) Be safe. So, but this, sure is, this is the engineer compare revolution yeah. because Dean Winting well that I salute. I met him in San Diego once. He's a great guy. Like the ego, the person is great, but uh, he, he, he preferred to tell a story with a train, mm, <laughs> a train yeah. that goes in some direction yeah. with coming in control and, and then hold your tub because discipline agile, it's even worse. Yeah, I I think I'm with you with it because um, even for myself, I I can barely say agile anymore because people are using agile as a buzzword all the time when they want to say flexible, it's agile. So agile, we are agile, we are agile, we are agile. No, in Until fact. Until it's time to do agile stuff. <laughs> <laughs> to do it, like, okay, so you're agile, yeah. so tell me. Well, what do you do to be agile? What do you do to invite yeah. people to to exactly. create that, those environment to to be creative, innovative, and and changing the plan? Do you have a change request? Oh, me when they say we are agile and they present me, this is my program yeah. manager. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were agile, developing product and experience for your client. Client, but what this is. is- that? <laughs> this, is, this is the challenge because most of the organization who wants to move into agile ways of working, including business agility, they are operating from an orange model like command and control. Yeah. So it requires a lot of letting go to move to the next level that is the greenish one. And this is why agile leadership should tend to bring people, to bring leaders toward this greenish thought and even beyond because if we want to evolve if we want to go even further one of the negative aspects of the green part for example is that because it's a lot about the community people interpret it as uh, we are seeking consensus 
-hmm. the thing is you can end up in analysis paralysis. So you need to move forward to break this paralysis and you need to go a bit beyond. It's not always the case, but this is one of the, of the cons that you can see in the green zone. And the green zone, and maybe I know for my listener who do jogging, I'm, I'm going to do something that you don't like, but uh, it's still be on Rumble. It's live on Rumble. Just, uh, oh, I have it in French. Why is that? Spiral Dynamics. No, no, it's in English. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Because I was surprised with the beige. I, I thought it was in ah, French. Ah, the beige. The beige. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just quickly to, for some audience. I want to share. To, yeah, I want to share if I could. Sorry about that. Um, okay, this is Spiral Dynamic. The Wikipedia page, though, I know I will have some critics in the comment below. I don't mind. <laughs> so uh, let's see it. Is it big enough? Or maybe what I can I have do? I mean, if you want. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so this is what we, Isabel and I, were talking when we talk about orange and green. Um, let me go to the page now. So, yes, and uh, I don't remember the letters, though, that goes uh, Graves Code. Oh, yeah. Uh, the letters were Graves Code. Yeah. Uh, but they have put they, they have put the um, name of colors, so they are using a color code. Yeah. Uh, so the first one is beige, indeed, and it's survival instinct. <laughs> then you have uh, purple, I think. It's a yeah, purple. purple. Tribe and family. Then they you have the red one. Here. I love it because... From uh, an esoteric perspective, they are very clever because they call it kin mm. spirits in yeah. Clamish. It's uh, the desire, obey desire to mystical spirit and stuff. And that's an mm. important way of evolution. And when we look back to our human history. And yeah. there's, uh, unfortunately, right now we are going into the age of imposition of Agile. And I think there's a lot of purple people there. And um, purple or or orange. So the thing as well with the spiral is that um, you always start with um, a maturity at an individual level, then you mm -hmm. move to community level, and then you switch back to individual, then community, then individual, then community. And this is how the spiral goes. So survival and instinct is really focused on yourself as an individual tribe and family. You see, to, you start to have some community levels. Then power and politics, then it goes back to individual levels. Yeah. And every time you switch to another uh, layer of the spiral, it means that all the individuals and the community experimenting this level have reached a point where they cannot, where they have to evolve to something else. So they, they have reached a limit and they need to switch to something else. That is the next level. And I think this is why it's so interesting to look at the spiral dynamics because it, yeah. if you want to think strategically and think really ahead, especially because uh, the work is, is changing so fast that you need to be able to anticipate on what can happen next. It doesn't yeah. mean that it will, we don't know. <laughs> there is no certainty, but if it follows this spiral, and the research, there are enough people in yellow and in uh, turquoise yet to know that these are the two next levels. But, but then again, when we talk about next and not everybody will race at the same pace, No. should, should the people maybe in the yellow help the purple and, and the orange? Like, Is it the dynamic yeah. level? I think it is yeah, like this is the idea, but some people will not be wired to even reach a certain level. So the, the theory also tells that when we were when we were born, we start with survival. And we go from one level to another of the spiral up to the adulthood. And then it really depends on us then to and also depending on the context, the culture, the environment we are in, if we can move forward or not. So, for example, if I live in France or in the US, I think we are mainly uh, driven by orange uh, states and companies. So, people who are reaching green, yellow, turquoise level are people who are really working on themselves. Ah, so it's, again, individual professional development, meeting the organization needs of yes. evolution. 
Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that's why, like uh, the other people in industrial, yeah. will do a lot of other uh, matrix assessment. Actually, I just want to share something very quick again for the uh, video listener, because your color system and the but not your, I mean the color system of the mm-hmm. spiral dynamic was reprised by the uh, conscious capitalist movement mm. to bring the conscious leadership with Richard Barrett. Uh, yeah. And interestingly yeah. enough, this gentleman was uh, actually uh, at some point in his career, the head of the World Bank. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the kind of uh, illuminant, like, oh, I'm, uh, I've got a hallelujah. And I think we should, we should put people first. And so he was in the movement of H2H, human-to-human mm. interaction over B2B business to business and he created this uh, Barrett model that I'm going to show you very quickly and you're going to see the colors again but mm-hmm. really differently so it's uh, seven level of consciousness yes. and uh, I don't remember the spiral dynamic how many one two three four five six nine, seven. Up to nine so far yeah the first there this is because they have a first tier which is seven yes. and the second tier with three it's yes. nine. So I, I love I love numbers. I don't know about you, but me, I'm crazy about numbers. But well, they I'm, are expecting that there will be more ultimately. Yeah, but for now, no one has evolved to that far. <laughs> but what he's proposing, and right now I thought they changed the website a little bit. I, I was not prepared. It was ah, oh, here it is. Okay, you see it now on screen. Yeah, it's the explore the Barrett model. So of course the they do kind of instead of a spiral in their case, they do uh, a, a bottom up. Pyramid mm-hmm. on top of consciousness yeah. and, a, and a top-down pyramid, which is the Maslow pyramid, if you look at it. It's uh-huh. viability, mm-hmm. relationship performance, you know. It's ensuring stability and stuff. And then the green part, evolution. Now they call it evolution. That's funny because mm-hmm. it was transformation a couple of months uh-huh. ago. And mm-hmm. they changed transform. Because when you're at number four in the Barrett scale, it's where you are pivoting yourself or your organization yes. and then mm-hmm. you have the alignment that comes after the invitation and agreement and then you have collaboration contribution so on so it's very interesting mm-hmm. because you know that's um, me i like again to have diversity uh, of mm-hmm. things and um to maybe like when we work with client what will be the story they want to hear and we were joking about mm-hmm. safe and da before but at the end of the day if some clients they want that story and they think it's good and people agree. As a coach, we have to be agnostic, right? And we said, okay, but maybe I'm not the yeah, one yeah. to help you because I don't have this intuition. Intuition for me is love. I don't love that framework that you're going to impose to your people. I prefer to work with Isabel on Spiral Dynamic, on Lily's proposition, on Daniel yeah. Merrick's proposition, on inviting base change and stuff yeah. like this. So what do you think about this? Because what's next for, for me? Uh, also about um, uh, what should I call it? Like, because you know, I, I I'm writing a book right now of next level agility. That's the name for now, but mm-hmm. I think it will change. Yeah. And for me, the next level movement uh, embrace this go beyond thing and continuously evolve. It's not static. So we might mm-hmm. you and I discover this uh, this morning the spiral dynamics and uh, put a bit of the Barrett model to help individual grow into this spiral, but we might uncover because if we have an open mind and we praise diversity, maybe even over inclusivity, because inclusivity for me, yes, we have to create those space. But at the same time, if you're not introvert, you should need less help to find your place. Don't know. I don't know about that <laughs> because introverts have a very fertile um, thought process. Mm-hmm. And for me, they are. I'm an introvert, so uh, maybe I'm speaking for myself. Um, but we are with our thoughts all the time. So at some point in time, when you are struggling with your thoughts, you're going to seek for some help to deal with the thoughts and to become a bit more intentional with your thinking. So it's called the metacognition. Yeah. And it's all the, the new um, cognitive and behavioral therapies, these kind of things are very uh, helpful in this sense. Uh, I think spirituality, spirituality, maybe at some point in time, I try that. It's, it's not for my type. Uh, I prefer something a bit more rational. So I went to this kind of, uh, of things. 
um, same the, the, the coaching certification I took was very much in line with that. And it's really tremendously helping me creating the self-awareness for me and for others, because when I coach, I, I coach on that. So I'm trying to help people um, think about their thoughts, basically, and try to see if it's really helpful. Is it in line with our purpose? How can we change this way of thinking mm -hmm. to make things happen? But then again, how do we measure that uh, you and I are introvert or extrovert? You mentioned that I'm an introvert. But, you know, you are coaching group, probably. You're in front of group. Mm -hmm. You are with me right now on this podcast, even video. Yeah. So, and <laughs> apparently, according to a test I did, I'm also an introvert. Could you believe it? Yeah. So, so for me, the, yeah, the definition of introvert is more like um, I need to recharge alone. So it doesn't prevent me to be with a lot of people and, indeed, people don't believe me when I say I'm introvert because I like to be interacting with groups. I can teach to groups of 30, 20 people. It's fine. Uh, but at the end of the day, I need to be by myself, read a good book, something like that to recharge. <laughs> That's my definition of introverts. <laughs> Thank you. I, I like it because me too. I'm an introvert and people mm. don't believe me because I'm always like, you know, screaming. Yeah, but, yeah. But, the thing is, people uh, are very confused between uh, pe uh, people being shy and be people being introvert, and it's completely different. Exactly. But I remember uh, my dear colleague, Michael Orman, that I have at that uh, microphone here, uh, the creator of Inviting Agility, um, he told me once uh, we had that kind of conversation about uh, creating an open space and how do we make sure that, um, and that was the correction he did too. He said, like, no, 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 hold on. It's, those who ask the question about introvert and extrovert are the extrovert. Uh, yeah, but potentially, yes. <laughs> potentially, yes, because the introvert, they don't mind yeah. because they are focused on what they need. They will need to recharge, and they are not necessarily shy people. Uh, there's a, no. they, apparently, there's more extrovert people who are shy mm -hmm. than introvert. Uh, yeah, they, that's possible. Yeah, yeah, they need all this fluffla to, you know, yeah. let's have a beer tonight. Let's have a, anyways. Yeah. So, and probably there's also in a spiral dynamic, it's not exactly, you know, in the box. We might add... No, it's something else for me. Yeah, hmm? yeah. Mm. You what? Yeah. I think it's completely different. There is, I don't see introvert, extrovert being in the in the pyramid. No. Huh? For me, it's something else. Yeah. Yeah, something mm -hmm. else. And um, so... When you said about like this new behavioral therapy and cognitive, like the cognitive thing, and now with what we went through and we are still going through, but with some other element, like they changed the theater, they changed the space. Now it's mm -hmm. from a, a pandemic to a, a risk of a world war. And so all the masses reacting according to individual. And when I was saying before we, we jump into uh, the live stream uh, at a great dinner yesterday, and because we don't watch news, we're more happy and smiling and, and but doesn't mean that we are not empathical for those who are unfortunately live through these because it's uh, it's probably um, you know far away we are and if we don't but but again this kind of mind and cognitive and how do we adapt our brain and our consciousness about what's going on it's it's one thing to have empathy I will say. But if we destroy the, these lives, are already being destroyed because of megalomaniac from each side. By the way, because I try to be agnostic here, and I want—I don't want to name any government here, but I think people will understand what we are talking. So, so for me, when the pandemic hit two years ago, almost three years ago now, I was very stunned to not see any of my colleagues try to do something, and I did. My team and I—we we put in place on YouTube. With Zoom, what I call a checked-in solidarity. It was Franklish checked-in ah, nice. solidarity mm -hmm. with all people around the world, with my client, with my coworker and stuff. And and every night from March 13, 2020, the first mm. week we did it every night, and people were coming on the Zoom mm. session and exchanging. Because mm. I think it's one of our duty to – you talk about safe space, but what about – okay, so we, we lose something. We are all in it together, So, but let's share it. Uh, what, what was your story? And I was I was pleased to have people from France, England, mm. 
Mexico, Canada, and we, we discovered that they were the same message, but not the same way they were applying what they, was going on, and, and people could share and could so you know this binding thing, and um, to avoid this this what they call the cognitive dissonance or, mm. or something like this. So. Uh, and I know right now what I'm seeing when I'm at the airport, it's all of this neuro coaching. So coach, what is neuro coaching? Because I, I would like maybe to, to add our reflection. Mm. I, think about I, those words maybe. I don't do neuro coaching, uh, but I'm very interested in neuroscience. Okay, so, so maybe, maybe this is... they, they, they try to bring neuroscience into mm. us for a new yeah. certification to hey, enable us coaches Yeah. The qualificate if you want agile business, whatever. Yeah, to... I, I think I would rather go with a certification about uh, coaching on the systems than neuroscience coaching, but that, that's a separate topic. So neuroscience, yeah. what I like to do is to use neuroscience as, a, as knowledge, as knowledge that we can use to understand ourselves. So that's also part of the, I was talking about the cognitive uh, behavioral therapy. Neuroscience is another tool for me as part of my toolbox to understand ourselves better. So it's more a tool for awareness um, to help people understand how the brain works according to the current knowledge of science. Mm. Uh, we've made a lot of progress, but you, we, we still don't know everything yet. So uh, there is also some humility to, to have, I think, with, with this kind of tools that we know, for now, we know about how the brain is supposed to work. Mm -hmm. So we can use that as some knowledge to improve as humans and stay open for the rest. You know, one of my issue with that all shabang thing and bringing it into business and the world of work and the mm -hmm. management of people again, instead of empowerment of people, mm -hmm. it's, uh, you talk about simplicity. Jim I. Smith, one of the co-sanitary Mm. Three, 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 four years after the manifesto, he came out with a paper saying like, you'd like to be agile? You'd like to adopt these new ways and helping people uncovering new way? Mm. Keep it simple. Yeah. Not fast. It is. Not adaptive. Right. Keep it simple, clear. And in my dinner yesterday, again, they were saying like, what's, what's in it for me as a CTO, as a CISO? I don't want to Maybe create. I, I, I can give an example of yeah. because We are in business to make money. Mm. I don't mind to put people first because that's what you teach us, Alex, with business agility. Yeah. And I'm open to kind of conscious leadership. But this is the red line I don't want to cross. I don't mm. want psychotherapists. I want a coach who understands yeah. business, who will help us hearing and listening to our customer first to please them better. And also yeah. my worker to make sure that they are in an environment they love, they could remote work and everything. So don't bring me this. Mm -hmm. I, when mm -hmm. I said like at Agile, we, we praise the tagline of bringing back science and sports into coaching, scrum and agility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, science with a big S, yeah. but not psychology. Because mm -hmm. even as a coach, you know, uh, there, there was this great guy from Sweden he, uh, and I use it. When I told you I do an agreement with my coachee, especially an organization. I said, I am not, mm -hmm. I will, and I need yours. You know, these, um, I don't have it with me, but mm -hmm. so I am not your leader. I am mm -hmm. not a psychotherapist. I put it there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and people, and I took it from the, I think John Jorgensen took it from the ICF at some point because it's coaching mm -hmm. at large, not just yeah. for a while. And mm -hmm. we have to make these boundaries. That yeah. as a coach, I'm yeah. not a leader and I'm not mm. here to, to on your, you know, yeah. individual coaching. We could have a coaching agreement where there's, but mm. at the end of the day, sometimes the coach, the way we are, yes, we are kind of psychologists, but I had a training last year or two years ago in San Francisco with a psychologist, with other mm. coaches telling us we are not here to evaluate, assess the behavior or the cognitive dissonance of any of our stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And now when I see that movement for so far, the paper I read mm -hmm. from some of our fellow agile coach, they want to start doing this. And let me tell you, I don't in France, but here in the United States and Canada, the uh, psychological order or medicine, they will like chop their head. 
we, mm. we are not professional enough to start playing with the brain and the behavior mm. of the people. We don't know their trauma. We just on board, and one of my clients in Manitoba, we welcome Ukrainian people right from mm. what's happening right now. Do you think it's mm. time to put them into neurocoaching? No, I know. So I, this is, I think it's a red line, as mm. my client says mm. yesterday in lunch. Yeah. I don't want to go there. I'm, I swear, mm. Alex, if you start with this neural mm. stuff at my organization, I kick you out. This is not to change or it's it's again that story and being agnostic and empathic as a coach. Mm -hmm. And now I think that these people are just want to create a longer term. For sure, for you, understand that you're not a consultant, but for us consultants, sometimes we have this tendency of, oh, Mm -hmm. that's going to be only a three week contract. So how could I extend it? Oh, yeah, that's (sighs) me. Mm. I, I mean, I mean, Frank here. I'm there, real agile. Mm. I mean, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that because I'm, I'm, I'm putting my hand in their pockets. That's what they told me in private message. But it's not about the money. It's about the elevation of your worker and the satisfaction mm. of your customer. Yeah. What could mm. do in two weeks what some other firm will do in five, six months mm. because they complicated the thing. It's not mm. complex, but they put it complicated. Yeah. Well, what do you think? So, yeah. I- I, I wouldn't go into neurocoaching per se, but I think some knowledge are interesting to share and then mm-hmm. people do what they want with it. So it's more like I'm giving you, I'm teaching you that. I'm not going to use that in coaching unless someone people too, but I- indeed I-, I am not trained into that. So I'm not going to use that. No. However, some knowledge is commonly shared and agreed. So uh, For example, it's fair to say that we know that the brain has some uh, default um, thought patterns because it wants to keep us safe. So the primary function of of the brain is to keep us safe. And because of that, we can have limiting beliefs. Yes. That can trigger us at work and that can prevent us or hurt us or limit us when we are in an agile setup. So it's just about giving this piece of information to people so that they can maybe think, ah, okay, maybe there is something that I can think about here and use it as an information. What do yeah, you say? But my other issue mm-hmm. is, and probably it goes because of the social media algorithm or something, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I was not the only one. So why is the buzz happening? Why is people, it's like in the news cycle, we talked mm-hmm. about pandemic for about, and then, oops, this is this, and then this is this. It's like we, we'd like to brainwash people to have a focal on only one ideology, one idea. Whether it's political, economical, even in our community of Agile. I mean, when I see conference after conference, now I was invited for Enterprise Agility Conference in November, mm-hmm. Neuroscience. Scrum Alliance in Lisbon next month, next week. Neuroscience. Could we have diversity a little bit? I don't mind that. Me, I'm really open and I read a couple of things. And when people put a blog on neuroscience, I search. Like when with you, Spiral Dynamics, I went back to my physics book because they, I mean, yes, I, I embrace it. I invite it. I, I hope people are open mind. But when we talk about keep it simple, doing mm. something empirical, could we exercise it? And this is, mm. I was, I hope you were there yesterday night at dinner because these guys are very like high potential, you know, leader. They are not manager anymore and they love their company. They love their product. They love their employees. They love their clients. And they said like, man, come mm. on, we want to invest. That. Mm. Yeah. Because this is for us, it's like, it's like the luxury of the first world. And by the way, they they are implementing a development team in in South America, and they love to give an almost equivalent salary in pesos that they do in U.S. dollars. Could you imagine that? So that's the level of consciousness they are. So they they say they they say to me like, uh, we hope as our coach, <laughs> you won't go in that track because we have a psychologist and your and, and people care because they call their human resource people care. And we, we have a psychologist already who help us with marketing, with mm-hmm. everything. So you're another agile coach for both our technical team and our business agility. And 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 you know the, the course I had 
with the psychologist. She tells us, you could have as a coach some tool to understand the neurodynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's it. Yeah. But I will, I will ask you to make sure to be in, in contact with someone in HR. Mm. You have someone as an individual coaching or even in a group coaching and you could identify an issue with a leader, mm. you know, because yeah. she shows that this uh, triad, this dark triad of any leader mm. or I should say a manager who's not a leader yet, you know, the Machiavellic is at the base. Mm. You know, yeah. Psychopathy, that's the only thing in the DSM and this narcissistic behavior. So sometimes as coach, I don't know for you, but me, I, I stumbled upon the key stakeholders or workers that were like in pain and they come to you, the agile coach to talk about it. But our role is to help them go seeking the right internal to the company uh, help, or even yeah. sometimes uh, this is beyond what I can do as a coach. I'm not a psychotherapist. Yeah. And what I'm worried about this from that training to help us, you know, having a better interaction is, so neuroscience is one thing. Now, if psychology, they don't all agree in psychology to apply it anyways. Mm. So that's another thing. Empirically, I know I, I spoke with a psychologist. My mom was a psychologist. And mm. She was saying like, no, no, don't mechanize the spirit. Mm. That's what my mom told and told her student at Montreal University. Don't mechanize our mind process, our spirit that It's the essence of our consciousness, maybe, and what is consciousness. So I'm really, I'm kind of, I love novelty. I'm always an early adopter. But now when when it's push, when it's buzz like this, like the reskilling from the World, Organiz uh, the World Economic Forum, so all of a sudden now we need reskilling. Yeah, why? Well, you should have to think about it before. Because since 1993, I'm telling that we should have apprenticeship. There's no apprenticeship anywhere. Okay. Anyway. I'm I'm disgracing right now, and you have to stop me. Stop me, Isabel. No, that's very interesting. <laughs> I'm I'm just thinking out loud right now with you because you're inspiring mm -hmm. too. And uh, so so mm -hmm. so, what's next for agile leadership? What we should do next? Um, yeah. Well, keep exploring. I think this is what uh, what I would say: is keep learning, keep exploring, keep experimenting. Uh, I I think. Putting ourselves in action, trying new things is very important. So, um, in the end, it, this thinking around the spiral dynamic is very interesting. But what really matters is the interaction you have with your teams on a daily basis and how you can all together reach your goal, reach a purpose. So, be clear with them what it's about. Purpose driven, I think, is one very good key for me. To yeah, purpose-driven, exactly. And then the, the development, I think, also comes with interacting with teams. So being open, uh, being open to be wrong, being open to new ideas, being inclusive, um, try to get rid of judgment. That's, that's tough, but that's, that's something that really makes you evolve. Yes, and I think also ask for help. Yes. You're doing enough. Yeah. You are enough. Ask for help. That's okay to ask for help. We don't know everything. And if we're in the same team, sometimes I will go to you, Isabel, could you help me about this? Because I don't understand. Like, like actually, if it was not a show about neuroscience, I seems with my post that I did this morning and now like I'm resisting to change. But this is a persona I'd like to do just to spark the mind of people. But, but I think... Ask for help. It's also an important mm. dynamic. Um, Even uh, coaches have coaches. <laughs> yeah, I still have a coach after 20 some years. It's important. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more becoming a mentor because that's the thing. Mm. A coach could yeah. be someone that we don't know that much. It's a kind of a transactional uh, interaction. But we have also the, um, what you might call it, the, the mentor who could be a friend, also a dear colleague. So I thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. I know you're lucky. It's always the weekend for you. Me, I've got a yeah. whole day to go again. And uh, so thank you very much. And uh, I hope you'll come back because I might do a roundtable about the words and semantic. The, ah, power, nice. the power of Pinecommon of YouTube and Rumble. Okay. And so I thank you, 
everyone for listening. And again, uh, you are now 5,020 people downloading the podcast everywhere. So I'm so thankful about it. And uh, I will say my thanks uh, later uh, to those who wrote to me. And there's a lot of proposed subjects actually that's coming up, including um, apparently people want to know more about the agreement-based change. So we're going to talk about it uh, a lot more. It's something, it's one of my baby, but I like maybe some helps with people to uh, to refine this. So thank you so much, Isabel. Have, thank a, very you. Nice, have a very nice weekend. And um, you. see you soon, everyone. Oh, and remember, as I always say at my audience when I close the show, you are a wonderful person. You are a beautiful person. You are free to be whoever you want it to be and to do whatever you want it to do and mutual respect of one another. Mm-hmm.